Today's writing is a milestone for me. It marks the culmination of a year's worth of writings about Trump, the coronavirus, and the pre- and post-election madness that has gripped our country. Although I will continue to keep up with my blog, God only knows where we go from here, this writing is the last one to be included in the book of the same name, to be published in May of 2021. Once these writings are contained in a manuscript online, they stand to become a reflection of history, of a time unlike anything any of us has ever seen, or dreamt of, a time in many ways beyond description. But I suppose you wonder what right now is like, nearing the end of the pandemic, as we continue to acclimate to a new leader in America, and look forward to opening up for the summer. I guess I would say it is restful, though that isn't likely the case for all. When the pandemic first started, around the beginning of March 2020, we immediately started talking about the new normal. How could we know that a year later, this normalcy would have solidified somewhat? But I speak these words knowing my reality is not the reality of all. For all do not have the peace and the joy of the Lord that has taken over my life, even more so now that I have dedicated myself to finding my life and purpose in writing. So, is the whole world at rest? It most assuredly is not. Here in New Jersey, we get to also hear news from New York. There seems to be some excitement over ambitions of opening up the whole state, especially New York City. But all this talk seems ominous somehow. I keep thinking it must have been like this when people were dancing in the streets after reports went out that we had won World War II. When I look at the pictures, I wonder if there was much consideration about the two Japanese towns that had just been bombed, with innocent civilians as victims, or all the soldiers that had been lost. Likewise, how can we feel good right now? With all the skepticism over the vaccines, it does seem that they are proving a powerful means to combat the virus. Every day about 2 million people are getting vaccinated and there seems to be evidence that some of the skeptics are coming around. While there was much hesitancy previously, it is self-evident that the vaccines are getting rid of this thing, and will, in my estimation, prove to be the answer we have all been waiting for. It was announced today that Joe Biden's goal is to get 70% of the country vaccinated by July 4th. He is taking strides to make it easier for people to do this. He seems to really be in touch with what's going on. I had had a very hard time at first finding an appointment, and there are many who don't even have the internet. I did eventually get my first dose of Moderna, and am waiting for my second dose, which I can get after four weeks. According to news reports, 56% of Americans have gotten at least the first dose. As you know, I listen to alternate opinions all the time. I hear talk of chemtrails, hospitals using ventilators to kill people, use of stimulus checks to keep people out of work, and all kinds of alternate realities. But I have decided it is best to just go with what is reasonable. A virus took over the world. The more vaccines that are distributed, the faster it will come to an end. But at the reawakening of the nation, after all we have been through, ready to emerge from the homes we have closed ourselves into, it is likely we can anticipate the following, massive amounts of mental illness in the form of PTSD, high anxiety, substance abuse and depression, long hauler syndrome where folks are still feeling the effects of their former COVID infections, and not least important, the threat of something else looming, perhaps something never seen before. Or perhaps it could be another coronavirus, a new strain, or God only knows what else. In the evangelical types of communities I have long been a part of, there has always been a promise of the coming of Christ. We understood that we were all waiting for that day, but it seemed more like a fantasy really. There was always the threat of nuclear war, of Muslims invading and attacking, but nothing really seemed real. Nothing, other than 9-11 had happened yet. And since 9-11 happened almost 20 years ago, even that did not seem to signify a nationwide threat for the country anymore. There is however the threat of mass shootings which seems to be increasing. 
The coronavirus of 2020 feels a little like a bad relationship you just got out of, but who knows whether he is going to come back soon to harass you? You rejoice in a type of freedom, but you are not sure this freedom is really here to stay, or if it is really freedom at all. Are we really safe? I look out from my back porch into the courtyard behind my apartments, and I see peace. On a Saturday night, there is a loud quietness. Motor cars race down distant highways, in an unintelligible language which shouts out a desperate form of pseudo-freedom. They seem to be trying to get away from something. But there is nowhere to go. The restaurants and stores will all be open soon, and maybe we will be allowed to take off our masks also. But it doesn't feel like there will be the refreshing that comes from an accomplishment, or a job well done. America, not to mention the rest of the world, has been marked with a wound which will never completely heal. In my apartment complex, one can hear celebrations of summer. The Jersey Shore comes alive this time of year, and shuts down in the winter. But this year it feels a little different. There is an anticipation of something good, but not quite stable. At one point in the height of the pandemic, I counted 11 ambulance sirens in one day. Now that the statewide case count is lower, I am hearing one or two in a day, yet it is still incredibly sad. I don't feel depressed myself. I have found hope in the Bible, and in the aspirations of my own writing projects. But the world feels dark. It's not that we won't ever laugh again. But laughter only seems possible in the place of a denial of what is real right now, and what is really going on. I've often wondered about the kids of today, namely those in their early 20s. They are in the middle of something I could not imagine having gone through at the same age. They seem older to me. I break with the reality that they do not know the same world. I try to tell my teenage nieces it is not like this. These coronavirus things don't happen in the world. This is not reality. Please don't think this is normal. But this is their world. This is their reality as they grow to take over this life with their own passions. Who am I to tell them what is real? As with the latest version of the iPhone or the newest viral dance app, they know more about how things are than I do. I have become comfortable with learning from the young folks who seem to grimace upon teaching yet another boomer how something is done. In closing, the future is a mystery. As you may have gathered from my previous writings, I never really held to anything in the world anyway. My Bible taught me not to love my life, John 12 25, so I didn't, and I don't. I was going about my business when the coronavirus hit. But I had nothing to boast of. As a share driver, I shared the gospel. I never enjoyed being in groups, or going out to restaurants. I would just as soon have stayed home and watched TV anyway. I recently read some entries from a journal which I had written just before the pandemic hit. Interestingly I wrote that I wanted to escape, that my dream was to just stay in my home for days on end and have nothing to do. In a strange way, the pandemic, I realized as I read this, brought my dream into reality. It would feel like the strangest thing to say it was a dream come true for me. But in some ways it was. That being said, no one in their right mind could possibly feel okay about the millions who lost their lives. As we recover from this thing, I think this is the dichotomy we are all feeling. Our freedom is emerging like a glorious springtime meadow, but there are casualties of war strewn all about which cannot be overlooked, and the rest of our lives to look back and consider what we have lost, and what we learned. When the towers were first hit, on September 11, 2001, something in me came alive. I didn't know what my part might be, but I knew I was born for such a time as this. My peace of mind in the pandemic, the 2020 election, and everything else this last year has entailed, is much the same. The church has certainly changed form. But, as stated previously, I see us who are alive now, namely those who are dedicated to the cause of Christ, as the coronavirus saints. Whatever work God has planned, we are here on purpose to be a part of it. This sense of purpose, 
with the direction given by God Himself, keeps me free from despair. While I anticipate going forward as a shared driver and minister into the post-pandemic world, the hope within me is something I anticipate lending to a world in a state that has yet to be seen, or felt. Whatever may occur, with God by my side, I am up for the task. As Christ has revealed His desire to serve me, Matthew 20 28, I am ready to serve a world now in trauma, with the love and servant's heart of Christ Himself, Philippians ch. 2. May He be pleased with such offerings, until we are brought up into the place where we will be with Him forever. And may we not throw away opportunities to serve Him on this earth during the best and worst of times. May we find brightness in our post-pandemic world. May we know true joy, and may we emerge as better people, better able to hear God's voice, better able to serve one another and to serve the cause of Christ, and to love with the maturity of a person who has now been through something truly profound and meaningful.